Hello? Yeah. I like Shia LaBeouf a lot. Keep talking. Um, if he were to ask me to marry him, <laughs> I probably would have to say yes. <laughs> Welcome to the Enrich Life podcast, and uh, we are on episode seven, and we will be talking about the creative arts and how creativity can enrich your life, and how art can also bring a lot of uh, enrichment and clarity to your life as well. And we'll be going a bit deep, deeper than just you know talking about creativity in general. We're going to get very specific today, and I have Holly Obashan with me, and she is our guest for today. And, uh, and I'm so happy that she's here to talk about this. Holly, do you just want to share a few things about yourself before we get started? Sure. So um, I'm in my fourth year um, at the U of R for a Bachelor of Fine Arts. I'm hopefully getting a minor in Indigenous Art History. Um, I'm a painting major, so I spend a lot of my time in the studio working on my personal practice. Um, I'm also involved in a few art galleries in Regina, working and volunteering. Um, so that's how I spend most of my time. And you jumping, you kind of jumped with both feet into the art gallery scene, mm -hmm. uh, and you've been doing really well in it and yeah. you've been really enjoying it. And is there anything, uh, like what is your favorite thing about being in that scene? What are some of your favorite experiences you've had over the last year or two years being in that scene? Um, so I would probably have to say the experience of training, which, um, is really cool for my work because I get to be with the artists that have created whatever exhibition, um, and hear their personal, um, stories or narratives about things or, uh, working with curators of galleries to hear their, um, reasons for why this art is in the gallery, um, obviously to prepare me to do the same when visitors come, as well as um, being a board member for an artist-run center. It's very different than an uh, institution that's like a larger, um, okay. yeah. Um, so like the gallery you're work or the galleries you're working with are a lot like smaller, is, are you saying smaller scale or not um, as big institutionally or yeah. more independent? Yeah, more independent. Yeah. An artist-run center is ran by artists and okay. by a board rather than um, having like a CEO or like that kind of structure. So um, it's smaller, it's often, um, well, the art gallery that I'm a board member for is very experimental um, and very um, challenging for, challenging the art world, I guess. It's hard to explain in like five minutes or less, yeah. but. Um, so do you find being attached to something more independent uh, do you find that more, like, do you like that more than being attached to something more institutionalized? Like, do you find there's more creative freedom? Do you find that you can kind of challenge, the art gallery can challenge status quo a lot more with the art they produce? Like, do you find there's more freedom in that? Yeah, I would definitely say so because, um, I think that's a big reason why artist run centers kind of became a thing is to put a stop at what, um, people think art should be or I think often um, people who aren't involved in art galleries or looking at art would often associate it with of being kind of like elite or like you would never understand okay yeah. um, and so I think personally that I think that artists from centers kind of come out of that way like to mm. say like 
coffee or something else, something alternative. Um, art isn't about making as much money as possible on one painting or like thinking you're good. It's not? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's about expression and it's about showing like uh, different thoughts that you don't normally think or um, like with the people that I meet and that I'm friends with now grew up um, with really different um, stories that um, I think are common or I don't want to say common, but um, definitely not a lot of Christian upbringing where I am. Okay, and yeah. so um, I didn't grow up with a Christian like background either, but um, it's interesting hearing them um, share different stories and different things that I don't have any experience with and um, being sometimes the odd one out is yeah. intimidating, but also really great um, to then, uh, I don't know, I feel like I'm, I'm get to experience so many different people and have so many different conversations that are meaningful. And I do, I do find that when you find uh, common ground with liking a specific form of art or a specific, you know, we're going to get into this question later, but if you even have a favorite artist or painting, or if you have a favorite book, right. And you find someone that shares the same common ground with liking that same piece of art or that art form, I do find it's interesting that you can have different experiences, but then you can, it opens up a conversation with a lot of people. uh, If you have a common space for that love of that certain type of art or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I, I find that interesting. You kind of, I wanted to do a quick kind of segue into our first Mm -hmm. question because you talked about the differences between the kind of the elite kind of art forms or the art galleries that would have the CEO structure type, you know, and versus the creative freedom that comes with, you know, a smaller gallery that's more independent. Uh, So what would you consider art? And what, I know this is a, I wanted to ask you, who's very, like, you're very passionate about, um, I would say probably more traditional art that is found in paintings and, and found in like, artistry when it comes to painting a picture or that or even poetry or even you've shown me some of your galleries have had sculptures right uh so you know and for me i uh i would i would say that for me i spend less time at the art gallery but you know i do a lot of reading literature and even movie watching so and art is becoming more institutionalized in schools around the world um and it's i think it's creating this umbrella that's really over it, it. There's more things to consider art than before. I would I would say, but from your perspective, what would you consider art, and is art impor- important for our culture, and why is it important for our culture? Um. So I've been asked this question many times um, before. So I've come up with a few words that I would use to associate art with, and I came up with words like expression, art is emotion. I think art is definitely rebellion. Um, I think it's incredibly transformative and I truly believe that art is anything. Um, I think that it should be inclusive, um, and the constructs of what art is, is like an old school, like the Academy of Arts is what they made it to be that I'm definitely against. And so it's such an exclusive thing when it's done that way. So having everybody just say art is art and you having an opinion of what you think is good and bad art makes it so much better um, because um, it doesn't put those limitations to people creating or feel like what they're creating isn't 
trendy or popular or things like that. Um, and yeah, I think it's incredibly important for culture um, because it starts conversations like outside yeah. of where we are, um, whether it's somebody making art about their experience with immigration or their experience being an indigenous person that um, that you get to hear another perspective from without them telling you their whole life story or um, having to read a book about it. You just get to experience how they want you to or like the expression that they want it to be done by. Um, so whether it does come out through film or book or song, it's still interesting because you get to connect with them, but you're not under the expectations of having to like mm. pour your whole heart out and yeah. like, you're almost like a, oh, it's, it's almost like being, I don't know what, a, what other word for it is, but it's almost like being a voyeur into someone's, yeah into someone's world. Right. And like they, you know, like I'm, I'm right in the middle of writing a novel right now. And one of the hardest things for me is to decide what's the point of view of the novel, right? Like mm -hmm. I've written three rough chapters in like first person and I've rewrote them in third, you know, limited. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know what, <laughs> what yeah. style to kind of use. And, but it's interesting that as an, as some, as an author, I have, it's almost like complete control the author has, right? You get to, it's almost like going on a ride, right? Mm -hmm. You come in and you play by the ride's rules. You play by the author's rules or the artist's rules. And then you get to experience, and it's interesting, it creates a weird, not weird, but it creates, I think it's a, art is an interesting form to create a lot of empathy because then you really get to, you get that perspective from the person who's doing the art mm -hmm. and then you almost get to experience the pain they went through, right? From in their, in their own words or in their own vision or whatever art mm -hmm. form they're doing, you almost get to experience like the pain they're going through or you get to walk alongside them and oh, now I understand when someone's dealing with that perspective or that thing I don't agree with necessarily, I know why they're doing it now, mm -hmm. right? And so I think, I, I, I love that answer. I think it's a very interesting answer that you gave. Mm -hmm. And so I think it kind of ties into the next question, but why are you so passionate about it? Like you're, I have like a job and I went to school, not for something artistic and I went to, you know, but I'm a creative person that is trying to do it as a hobby but you have chosen to to try and to go into the art for into the art world as a professional. Mm -hmm. So why? I mean, that, I would say that's pretty passionate about art. Mm -hmm. And then you want to one day in your yard, you want to make money off it. You want to make a living around it. Mm -hmm. So why are you so passionate about it? Um, I think like to start off before I mentioned the art, I think it's a passion about um, life, like um you know, growing up and getting criticism about getting a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree is like <laughs> what I always would be like, what's that? Or what are you going to do with that once you grow up? So how long or, have you wanted to get one? Um, first year university. So that would have been four years ago okay, because yeah. I started off in social work, but immediately yeah. was like, that's not for me. Um, but um, I think that passion definitely comes from, and as a lot of art people, is it's a lifestyle. It's not like... Uh, like I mentioned earlier, it's not like a get rich quick kind of no, thing. No. <laughs> it's definitely a passion pursuit. Um, and so um, I am passionate about art because it's how I process my experiences. Um, and I do a lot of healing through it. Hmm. So um, like I grew up um, with a pretty troubled family and a lot of things that I had to step up 
um, and be the leader in that for a long time I put a lot of weight in my life for and always thought of myself as like the wise person because I experienced all these things which and I think many ways I am but still looking back and seeing how much immaturity was stuck in that that I wanted to like um yeah I guess pour it out but I wasn't doing it in a way that was actually healing and when I started pouring it out into my art and my practice um it became more healing or once I finished a painting it actually felt finished and it closed whatever I was expressing on it through like a life situation and even the smallest little situation like a fight with my brothers or something that yeah. carried on with me like I would paint something but it's definitely conceptual so nobody knows it's about a fight I had with my brothers but okay. it's for me and so whether or not somebody understands that or gets an idea that there's tension in my painting is like the healing portion of it where it's like it's done so and you, and you kind of have you get to experience it differently than the onlooker looking at it yeah. right and you know you hold the secret within and you know what it's actually for yeah uh, but that's another reason why i love art because once you give it out to the wild it can kind of take on a different form right mm -hmm. depending on someone's interpretation yeah. of what you've put on paper or yeah. put on the canvas um, i find that very interesting and that's yeah. why a lot of that's why the greatest artists never it's like a magician they never reveal what it actually means mm -hmm. uh they leave it up for interpretation right so mm -hmm. so do you find so what exactly is you said the closure brings healing mm -hmm. uh do you like go back to your stuff you've drawn and you've painted and like re-experience it or like how does that um, tie into the healing or does it i I don't want to say I have a lot of things to heal over that I have a few yeah. years of information to <laughs> process. But um, no, I don't retouch or go back into work once I decide that it's finished. Okay. But it doesn't mean that I, like, I don't sit down for eight hours and finish a painting. Like, it's, you know, lengthy processes of one to three months or even five months sometimes. Um, because it's not just learning how to paint skillfully. It's processing what I'm doing and thinking about how someone's going to interpret it or the symbolism that I want to put in it to catch some sort of eye um, or emotion because my work is definitely for myself and for that healing but it's also for people who've experienced similar tensions so often my work is um, it's without people but it's in a place where people exist so like a home like domestic okay. spaces yep. so um i like to relate to people's experiences in homes whether it's something like um like i have a painting that i just finished where it's in a it's in a field like a prairie field in the winter time very minimal detail and there's a couch on one side with a lamp beside it that's on so it's kind of like reflecting it's darker and on the other side of it there's like a just a cutout on the ground that leads to stairs downwards and that's it. And it's um, like two feet across and three feet tall. Okay. And that is about a personal experience in my family. And each of those each actually represent my parents. Okay. So no one would really think of that when you like look at it no. on the first go. But titles tie things into it being like my family or my parents, whatever yep. I wanted to title it. Um, and then if people notice like an empty couch with a light on it, like that has some sort of aesthetic value of either warmth or coziness or someone needs to be sitting there, but there's no body. So, um, I don't know where to go off from that, but well, I, I, yeah. I find that, 
I think he might be a like if you ever wrote anything, I think he might be a good writer because there's so many just writers that want to just tell you what they mean. You know, mm -hmm. like the most recent example for me is I love the movie, but there's a part in the movie I really don't like, and I recently watched Us. I rewatched it and the Jordan Peele movie, like the new mm -hmm. Jordan Peele movie. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. So there's a part in the movie I won't spoil anything, but there's a part in the movie that is just like an exposition dump, mm -hmm. and it's like. 10 to 12 minutes of just like it almost feels like he's just trying to get the audience caught up with what he wants them to know right and it's just this character kind of narrating everything that's happened up to that point and there's a beauty in like showing and not telling when it comes to art form any art form and i mean the best writers show and they don't tell right and the best uh artists show and don't tell right so i think it's and i think painting and just sketching watercolor sculptures even i think that's the best medium for that right where you can i mean your picture is a metaphor that's what it is yeah but when you look at it it's a beautiful minimalistic picture out in the wilderness with you know some human elements right so i mean again your art piece took two forms you know and you painted one form and then the onlooker is going to have another form right yeah. so i just love that i i love Art comes alive when it goes out to the wild. It's like any good artist will tell another artist, like, don't worry about your, you shouldn't worry about your book once you've released it or your story once you've released it. It's released. Mm -hmm. Just move on. Yeah. Because <laughs> now it's going to get interpreted. It's going to get criticized, you know, yeah. and all and that. And I think that so. turns into remembering that, like, like, being creative and doing art or, like, art in film or art in movies or writing or, or in painting or whatever at the end of the day it should always be for you okay. so that like i know when you're pursuing it as a career you often want to look at like rotten tomatoes or something or, to, or like... you want to look at your you're so worried about your audience yeah. right yeah like, but I, like yeah i think always remembering that like this is for you or like this is if it doesn't make you happy or mm. it doesn't give you even if like happiness comes after like yep. all of the pouting around because you're not satisfied and then realizing <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah like um you mentioned like being a good artist quite a few times which i would probably say there's like no such thing <laughs> like there's no such thing as a bad or a good artist right art yeah, is art and... yeah it's okay. because it's not it's not um objective like it's like hmm, you have some yeah, yeah. <laughs> um which like there can be like artists or that you like or that bring yep. you like those good things yep. but then there's artists that you would look at like for example what are your opinions about the guy who taped the banana to the wall <laughs> <laughs> and then what happened afterwards like some people would call that bad art well i mean that's interesting because in the social media age where you can it's so easy to, to produce anything now yeah. right and so you even have to look at like some of these famous memes like Grumpy Cat, right? Or like, I've been told that's art, right? Do you think memes are art? I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, you? I'm more critical, like when it comes to art, I'm more, probably more critical than you, which is interesting because you're kind of surrounding yourself all over the art world, yeah. right? And, and I think for me, I'm just more, probably more stuck up and less inclusive than you, <laughs> but I am of the belief that there is... When it comes to memes and viral, I don't know what the word is, but virality in, yeah. in, in the internet age, I think just because something is popular doesn't mean it's actually 
good yeah. is, is my opinion. Now, if it brings joy to people, that's mm -hmm. awesome, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and be like, memes yeah. should go to, we should just trash memes and get rid of them all. Because yeah. a lot of them are funny. Yeah. You know, when I go on the internet and I see, like, the white cat meme and the lady yeah. that's, like, yelling <laughs> at the cat, right? I just laugh every time. Yeah. Like, it's so ingenious, right? Yeah. So, I do think it's, and it's, that's an art form that you can just, like, you have a meme yeah. generator on your phone and you have a good idea. I think that, mm -hmm. I think it's interesting how... There's a lot of refined art in the world, but yeah. then there's like a lot of people would call it schlock art. I don't call it that <laughs> because that's like a very derogatory term, but there is this kind of witty, fast, almost like a fast paced art, mm -hmm. right? Where um, people just have a witty thing they come up with and they put it down and boom, there you go, right? Yeah. And they have this funny picture. And so I, I don't, I think it's, I think it brings joy to the world. <laughs> I think some, depending on the memes, some memes can be criticize more than others mm -hmm. uh but i prefer art that is refined mm -hmm. that's why my movie taste i don't recommend movies to a lot of people because not everyone likes my movie taste mm -hmm. i like movies that take their time i like movies that have less plot like i think plots can get in the way of a good story mm -hmm. and that might sound really interesting for a lot of people to hear but i think characters are what bring good stories to life mm -hmm. so i'd rather have a story that takes five, like Gravity, for instance, is a movie like that. Yeah. And I could tell you what happens in Gravity in five five seconds, if mm -hmm. that, right? Yeah. But the movie is one of the most breathtaking experiences I've had at the cinema because it uses the art form of movie making to tell you the story mm -hmm. in the similar way that poetry uses meter and structure yeah. to tell you what's going on. Not every, every, Most people hated that movie, like the general mm -hmm. audience, because they said it was boring or whatever, but I watch it and I almost get emotional watching mm -hmm. it, right? So... I like, I personally prefer refined art. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I mean by refined is people take their time with the art that they're creating yeah. and they, they also create what they want. I find, I want to go back to the independent thing because yeah. I find my most favorite movies of the last five years, even decade, have been independent film. And film that has come out in uh, Outside of Hollywood, right? Like, even when you consider Mad Max Fury Road, that movie came out outside Hollywood. It was funded by George Miller. When you look at, like, A24, the, the production house that has done movies like The Witch and Hereditary, mm -hmm. Midsummer, right? They have just did Uncut Gems, which I cannot wait to see. Like, when I go to an A24 movie that's an independent film house, I'm going to watch something wholly original. I might not like it, mm -hmm. but it's going to be, like, searing and honest, right? And I find a lot of mainstream movies aren't honest anymore. Um, and a lot of actors are going to these movies. There's mm -hmm. a lot of big actors going to TV and going to these movies. Uh, even like most recent movie experience, I watched The Lighthouse, which is oh, yeah. directed and written by the guy who did The Witch, Robert Eggers. And I like that. It, that movie and The Joker are my favorite movies of last year. Mm -hmm. Like I walked out of The Lighthouse and I had the biggest smile on my face. And the movie is just the most bizarre movie I've ever seen. It is so original. I've never seen a movie like it, but the acting and the the way it's shot, like it's shot by in four by three and mm. and not in widescreen, and like they use old school effects that they would have used in like the thirties to fifties, and it's all shot in black and white. And Willem Dafoe is just like unhinged Willem Dafoe yeah. in the movie. Like it's so good. And I remember laughing out loud in the movie. I remember feeling scared. I remember like raw emotions right mm -hmm. and when i watched the avengers last year i liked it but i never got those raw emotions yeah. right so i i just like that original art and that refined art and i'd rather have a million lighthouses over 
mm. more end games, right? Okay, so we are back and uh, with Holly Obushan, and we are just going to continue our conversation when it comes to art and how art and creativity can enrich your life. So now I wanted to talk about what it, the most influential art is in your life and uh, and just why. You can explain. You can go down that rabbit hole if you want. But what is the most influential art in your life? Um, so I kind of split it down to um, two ideas of whether it was style and theme. So for style or like the aesthetics of my art practice that has influenced me, I would choose the artist Edward Hopper. If there's any art people out there who um, know who he is or was, um, he was an American realist artist. Um, it's slightly conceptual in the fact that there's something uncomfortable uncomfortable about the viewer like or how you're viewing it um, that is really provoking to me and I had mentioned earlier in my own practice like the conceptual ways that I like to interpret it or the use of space um, and the unknown necessary or the unknown narrative but you still know that like you get the feeling like I want when people look at my art or when I look at others art that I feel something in my body or like an actual experience not just like a it's a cool picture. I'm going to like repin it <laughs> on my board or something. <laughs> I want it to like have that. Make it go viral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So um, definitely like aesthetics or style is Edward Hopper and, and that kind of world. Um, but for themes, um, the most inspirational art for me has been indigenous artists. Um, I am an indigenous person. I'm Métis and um, I've spent a lot of these past four years um trying to understand and discover that more um I come from a family that doesn't talk about those kind of things um just because they haven't healed from it themselves um and so I've had to do a lot of the processing on my own or connecting even like uh genealogies is something that I did a lot of uh for my family and so seeing that there's a lot of other people who have gone through that and are experiencing it or um maybe don't know some of their traditional practices and are relearning it as an adult is really inspiring for me, um, as well as the the stories that they often share are very similar to my personal experiences that I don't get to talk about to everybody or I don't feel mm. comfortable talking about because it's so embedded in your life that it's like, how do I talk about experiences of residential schools that my family's gone through with someone who hasn't or like how often do people like actually talking about those things that are indigenous because they often have a blanket over it still and um well and i think when you talk like for someone like me right who's never gone through something like that on that level uh, i think it's more informative if you just told me what happened right yeah but like we said before in the previous segment art can create empathy right yeah. it can create it can take you down the through the experience not one for one mm-hmm. but it can make it can help me relate a lot more when mm-hmm. i see it from the perspective of the victim or even the abuser or whatever whatever story is wanting to be yeah. told or whatever art pieces wanted to be drawn or painted i think it's it can help me to empathize mm-hmm. with those experiences yeah. well i think i think even like focusing more on art and not so much on my theme but um 
like things that that are um issues embedded that are like issues that have been built up in my life that I've worked through that I create something for that you know often is reflective of my parents um I'm not connecting anything in my painting to show you that like this is because of this or that reason it's that there's a tension between my family or my parents so that anybody who experiences tension with their their parents in whatever way could feel that in my painting that it doesn't become like I'm empathizing for Holly because of her painting but it's like I felt that you know yeah regardless of of whatever like it's almost it's much greater than just like feel bad for me this is it's almost like a it's almost like because i like you have tension in your family that for different reasons than i do but i like have crazy like when i my dad just passed away but like him and i never got along all the time Mm -hmm. we actually had almost a falling out right Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know that because they don't know the ins and outs but you know i we I, when you become an adult and even become more independent from your family you even go through that process so Again, yeah. and that could bring more tension so i love that aspect of hey like i have this tension because of this experience i'm going to put that metaphorically into my painting but i'm going to make it a tense painting yeah because i know people also have tension in their life in other ways or in the same way or yeah. whatever right yeah. and i think that's where the empathy comes from mm-hmm. because if you just watch a movie that's very distant or what or experience a painting or an art art piece that's very almost you know like like i said on a previous pod a previous episode that i think i keep going back to it, but the okay. jo- but the joker movie that just came out is one of the best depictions of mental illness on film mm-hmm. because it because a lot of mental illness in film over the years has been very stereotypical right and it almost makes you just look over the person or look on the person and you kind of see them oh that's the crazy guy or that's Mm -hmm. and that's how it's been depicted in film it's actually been pretty terrible where it's or it's like a horror movie and the guy's killing everyone right it's Mm -hmm. like well that's not actually like you know and then you watch joker and it's like it makes you understand why he's killing the people he's killing and that makes you feel really weird and gross as the viewer, but that's what he's going through. And it actually is complex because you actually sit there and you actually realize his killings aren't unjustified. They're justified. And like, you actually feel bad for him because of what he's gone through and the trauma he's gone through. So I find, and what the reason I use that example is because the writer didn't just do a stereotypical version of a mental case, right? Or someone going through mental illness. He actually said, we're going to approach mental illness the way it should be approached. And just like you, you know, I'm not going to create a stereotypical scene where parents are abusive or whatever. Like, I'm going to, like, get deeper than that. It's deeper than just doing the stereotypical caricature or whatever you want to call it, right? I don't know what to call it in art form, conceptually, but... (laughs) Well, I think it's it's also interesting thinking about... um, moving completely around that so um for example um showing mental illness in a film like the joker you almost get told like you pretty much get told that he's sick right or that or like not sick sorry uh like mentally ill yeah and he's not he's not like you don't you don't get supported you don't get told it you kind of like 
it's there is one scene where you, there's a flashback that you see like how his mom lied to him and stuff like that mm-hmm. but it's like does he take medication or does he go to yeah there's yeah. like a, there's like the tension of yeah. he doesn't get any more medication because yeah. the social program yeah. shut down right yeah so yeah. that's that's what i was trying to okay. catch yeah. where it's like you you get shown that like like he's being supplemented by something yes. whereas like even having something be shown that doesn't even mention that but the behaviors yeah. of that person that other people know have those similar behaviors is what i think is so cool hmm. like without any sort of like lashes out of complete anger or whatever that they show which is like like the stereotype of mental illnesses and in, in certain ways but not even ever addressing those moments, but having it like even the good days of like certain things and with like small hiccups, yeah. I think is even more interesting where, um, which those like, are in the movie. Yeah. Where, 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 where he has, um, moments of happiness. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he hits and then he hits, I, I think the main issue, the, the, the reason why I think it's such a great depiction in that movie mm-hmm. is because, uh, of the theme of isolation. I think that's the theme of Joker yeah. is that when someone's in isolation and no one's really looking out for each other, that's where, you know, and it's not just, I, I think it's not just because of the drugs or just because of the, cause you find out later in the movie that he actually wasn't even taking his drugs when he had yeah. them. Right. But he, and then he was creating these experiences where he was longing to be with people, Yeah. but he didn't have the self-confidence through whatever you can interpret in whatever way you want to reach out to the people he wanted to reach out to. Mm -hmm. And so there's this, uh, yeah. And I, I think, uh, I think books and art for, and paintings have done a better job because those art forms are way more introspective than a film. Mm -hmm. Like film is very much your watch. It's voyeuristic to the T, right? You're watching someone Mm -hmm. act, (laughs) Whereas books can be very introspective. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I find, I, I like where you're going with that, with the idea that we need to go even further, right? Mm-hmm. We need to do it better. Like, yeah. like it isn't just someone going off the rails and killing whoever it's, you know, you know, which is fantastical that I mean, it's a Joker movie. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and I, I find that interesting. Yeah. Where I was going to kind of like go off a little bit on it was just the idea of like, like, um, for example, um, in the Joker mover movie, depending on how many people have seen it, like, <laughs> uh, knowing the references, but even his living space, yep. it's not a healthy person's living space. And so I, I would just love to just screen cap that space without him in it and be like, this is, this explains everything. Like it doesn't have mm, to show you, yeah. show you any sort of scene of him in any other way other than the space that you're living in. And I'm not saying being a messy person is like meaning no. you're not healthy, but it's just like, you know, like things like that, that you can, you can add into more than one person's life or one mm. person's like story or him sitting on the bus, for example, and mm-hmm. just laughing or like capturing that moment. Like, I think can relate to so many people that like, I'm not dissing Joker whatsoever, but just no, like interesting yeah. to look at no, I, like I, yeah, yeah. pausing it. Yeah. Um, I do love film as well. So it's like, I'm not comparing <laughs> either. I would never compare any art practice well, being better or worse. You but... recently, you said you love Midsummer, right? Yes. And so I, but I think what <laughs> you're talking about is what Midsummer is. excels at. Yeah. 
Because <laughs> when you watch that movie, like the marketing for the movie even is, it's a horror movie with the lights on, right? Yeah. It's a horror movie in like paradise. And it's like, when you watch the movie, there's so much tension between the way it looks yeah. versus what is actually happening. And I love, and the fact that he foreshadows all the scary stuff before it happens. Yeah. It almost makes you feel like, well, it does make you feel like you're a part of the group yeah. And you can't look away from what you're watching. Yeah. But the most interesting parts of that movie to me are not the horrific parts. So the parts leading up to those parts where the movie is just breathtakingly beautiful. There's long pausing shots that paint, you know, large frames and there's like layers in the frames. There's mm -hmm. people running in the foreground. There's things happen. There's imagery, of the buildings behind that and it yeah. paints and it's all really symmetrical. Mm -hmm. An another Robert Eggers is a good job of creating yeah. symmetrical shots too right but you're watching the movie and you get taken away mm -hmm. by the dream likeness of mm -hmm. it right and i and that's the message of the movie right that's why yeah. um i can't remember her name but the main character she gets caught up in this world and gets in, and she wants to be part of this family and that's what she goes through right yeah. she gets totally enthralled by what she sees and yeah and then that justifies the control she gets over whatever happened. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not going to spoil what happens, but, yeah. but I think Midsummer does an excellent job mm -hmm. of using that to create tense imagery. Right. I think also like in that film, like I'm always going to go back to where I view it as an artist and as like how I look at symbols and yep. like icons. But I think, um, and like how you can feel connected to them is that that's what they did such a good job in is from the very beginning, they would drop, the symbols or like building shapes or colors that from the whole film become familiar to you so you don't yes. just see a new building or you don't know for example there's a triangle building that you have no idea what its purpose is but you see it all the time so it starts to become more comfortable oh, so but you're unsure so <laughs> yeah so you're vulnerable it's like that big yeah. yellow gold building yeah. right in the middle right yeah. and you know it's important yeah but you don't know why it's yeah. important and it's and it's like a beautiful gold yeah. color. Yeah. Like it's like so, a golden rod color. So yeah. it looks amazing. And... Yeah. I think like that idea of like, like again, like the Pinterest board, like, oh, I would pin yeah. that or like, I want that. <laughs> and then at the end, like it's not the most beautiful thing ever. But you know what I love about that but... building is that that is where that's, that's like the heart of the main, that's like where her inmost desires are, right? Yeah. As the, it's a metaphor, right? But it's foreshadowing. It does a great job of foreshadowing and just showing you the stuff and not telling you, right? Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's that bad. Yeah. Now I want to watch that movie. Yeah. That movie's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the, like, limited sound or, like, yep. um, like soft noises. Yeah. And the music's not yeah. really – the music's yeah. good, but it's not really yeah. evident. It's very yeah. – and, I mean, the characters are on drugs for a lot of the movie, so yeah. that plays a lot into – are we seeing reality? Is it, yeah. you know, um, but that, that movie like Ari Aster is fantastic yeah. at imagery. Right. Yeah. And some of the best, actually my most recent, most favorite movies have been horror films or horror. Cause I think horror has now evolved yeah. into this very modern, very artistically honest, captivating genre. Now, like I think the best films that have come in the last five years for me have been horror. Because they're doing interesting things, right? And The Witch was another one where you watch it and you can just feel yeah. the oppression because it's all grayscale, it's very mute, it's long mm -hmm. breathing shots and you're like, why is he not moving the shot? Why? Like it makes you feel 
anxious and it's mm-hmm. like, but he does it through imagery, right? So, which I did find for a mainstream film, I found Joker actually did that better than I thought it would, right? Yeah. But those movies do it even better. Yeah. Like that's what elevate and that's what elevates them in my opinion. But so, um, sorry, say that artist name again. That was influential. Um, Edward Hopper. Edward Hopper. So, and some of his paintings I even recognize through seeing at different, like in different galleries or some of his paintings are, are very famous, but I do recommend you looking up his paintings and seeing what Holly is talking about when it comes to large living spaces. And I find a lot of his characters are kind of looking away from the camera or looking down or to the side or um, the way he uses the human body is very interesting too. I find and the way he depicts women I find is very interesting because the women are general, generally more interesting to look at in his pictures than the men. They're a bit more striking in their costume and their shading and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I do recommend you to look at that, but doing a segue. So art influences us in many different ways and it's a way we can express ourselves is what you were saying in the first segment. And it's the almost ultimate form of expression I was getting from what you were saying. Mm -hmm. So does art affect your faith and how does it, if it does, Mm -hmm. or is it the other way around? Yeah. So, um, it's hard to fully process this question because, um, I think that, um, like faith affects my art because faith is a part of my life and art isn't my, like, I mean, it's the closest thing to my center other than my faith, but, um, I would say that faith influences my art rather than art influencing my faith. But, um, like there are a lot of things that I, I think exceed, see and experience in my like art development that I wouldn't have seen in other like careers or wouldn't have been challenged by. So, um, like, like being upfront with like different people or a lot of people in the art world, um, are not Christians or are definitely against Christians. And so I think in that sense, I'm influenced or that I'm challenged. Um, Mm. but I am a strong believer in being challenged for my faith. Like, (laughs) Like that's where I grow. And so like, even if I'm uncomfortable or I make a mistake or I I do something that I'm like, oh, that was awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know that I'm always like successful through it because God is strengthening me. Mm. Um, and so like, I, I truly believe that like I'm here on earth to be in the art world and to represent like my faith and not in the sense that I'm like painting biblical stories or like angels or anything because that's been done enough but um but by showing the different perspective of really being human and and um spending time with people who have either been extremely hurt by the church or by religion um and showing some sort of like relief that it's Mm. not all like that or it's not always that way um, without discrediting their experience at all, because I yep. think that it's completely valid. Um, so art influences my faith maybe by challenging me or like putting me in a place that I didn't think I like, or I, I didn't assume that I would have so many conversations with certain people in just like a regular, like career field or yeah. whatever. Cause I think, yep. um, in an office space, 
you could not saying that everyone does but you could live your whole life without or like your whole career without talking to people or having yep. a confrontation that's about your deepest emotions or painting something that's like about like completely against what you believe or, or whatever um there's a lot of pastors that are like that yeah right that just go to work and they i mean yeah. ministry when you work like for me the last two years of my life have been a lot of like a lot like even with my preaching a lot of people don't criticize it right and i kind of miss the criticism because i haven't i don't think i've grown in my preaching because no everyone just says oh it's good yeah but i'm like i want someone to like tell me what's not good about it yeah. <laughs> yeah. so it can on the opposite end it can be almost i can i totally understand what you mean right yeah so yeah and yeah in art you definitely get critiqued all the time yes and are like like uh, i don't know I thrive on critiques and I definitely yeah. love talking about <laughs> people's work and, and never to be like, this is bad. Cause I don't think, I don't think that, I think there's a very small space for bad art. And I think yeah. not a lot of things belonging it. It's only bad if it's like actually like racist or sexist or things like that okay. um, is where I consider bad art where it's like just bad. Like it's so, so what do you like, because I know this is becoming an interesting topic in this day and age where when it comes to PC culture and whatever, uh, we're not going to get into that. But what I want to get into is like what, you know, do you think it's valuable to have stories that in, that include those experiences still, right? And do you think it's more important than ever to include stories that contain racism or that, like what, what would you consider to be a racist painting versus a painting that explores what racism does to people and what it is. Um, if I can switch from racism to being like, um, to, um, I think a big issue in the arts, not, not that racism isn't, but, um, like representing children in nude in paintings okay. is a big art thing yeah. that people like, um, have, have taken out of galleries and some galleries will choose to keep it because it's done by a famous artist. Okay. If that's okay to, so that so yeah that's the big yeah. that's the big issue in the art world. Yeah, okay. I think so right okay. now or at least okay. where I've been seeing it. It's the um, same question, it's just a different yeah, thing, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um because some people would like to keep it because the artist who did it and in the time that they lived in paying children on the street to give them money for them to pose nude for you in your studio was 100% okay and like appropriate because kids like would either like they are so poor that they would die or that they would have to be like chimney sweeps or something or sweepers to like do life-threatening things where being paid money to be nude wasn't half as bad which which i think is like the and is not the child's fault it's just like the the society and what they were living in yeah but does that mean that you still keep it in the gallery for you people mm. to see like it's not it's not um or i would say take it off the walls okay um there's a painting that i had to ref or I had to reference five paintings a year ago in a class and I chose one that was, I didn't realize that it was a young woman just by like how it was posed and I chose to put it in my painting. And then the week that I had my critique was also the same week that that painting got addressed in a art gallery. Oh, wow. And I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I spent course. three months on this oh, and I didn't realize that this was a child. And so yeah. like, like, the scene that it was set up and it was it wasn't a nude child it was um it was a suggestive pose though that i didn't think like i thought it was just like a younger woman like yeah like 
I don't know, an appropriate age. So it contained more innuendo than actual, like, Yeah, but it was, and, yeah, suggestive. Yeah. And, and then we know about the artist's history and artists like, their um, practice and their, like, I know it's, like, hundreds of years ago, so you yeah. can't credit everything. But, um, like, I was very uncomfortable with that being, like, could you imagine, yeah. like, that, like, or, like, that happening today or whatever. So although it's it was well done in the painting, like, it, it was a sharp painting i don't think it's worth being up there but i also wouldn't say burn it and pretend it never happened because i don't think you should erase history like in the sense of like removing traces of it but keeping it in your collection and like (laughs) well that's where i was gonna go yeah i mean freedom of speech right or freedom of expression yeah i think as soon as you put like i am very much like (laughs) like the least rules possible but enough to be like respectful like um so things like that or like having a picture of like for example um a white person um attracted to indigenous art and making like indigenous styled art i'm not a fan of and i would not promote that artist or promote them even if they're just like uh experimenting because i think it's so beautiful it's like there's so much more cultural like connection to what's happening where it's like unless you're like having permission that's very obviously stated that you have permission to be doing this would then i would consider it like but it would have to be highly supported from the community that they're like wherever they're referencing their work from or like um i don't know like um yeah it's all about the artist's intention but i'm also like a low-key fan of cancel culture (laughs) (laughs) where it's like (laughs) you do something like it like for example i know you like movies a lot but like (laughs) actors who you know have like sexually assaulted somebody like well roman polanski is a great example right i don't even think he's a great director to be honest but he i mean he raped that girl and he was convicted of it and he ran he ran away yeah right he hasn't come back to america since and they keep celebrating him at the oscars yeah but i mean yeah there are other so it's like so for me for me personally i I'm good at separating the art from the artist, mm. you know, uh, like there's things that everyone does. I don't like, right. There's yeah. going to be something about every person you meet that you're not going to like, but I do think there is a line, you know, like I'll never buy anything Roman Polanski touches right mm-hmm. now. When it comes to Harvey Weinstein, you might come call me hypocritical, mm. but he hasn't now he's starting to get charged. Right. But it's like the guy produced almost every movie in the late nineties to the late two thousands. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, I've already bought those movies, mm-hmm. you know? So like, do I get, get rid of them? Do I yeah. like, no, some of those are my favorite movies cause they're Tarantino movies and the, you know I what I mean? Chuck them. So it's like, you know, I, that's where I'm very careful with cancel culture. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm very, yeah. I think you can easily I, become toxic. Oh, but like, but, but then it's like, are there rules, right? Or are there ethical things you should care about, right? I, I think if I watch Kill Bill or if I watch a Tarantino movie, I don't think I'm contrib- contributing to Harvey Weinstein being a jerk, yeah. right? And t- like going after women. I think there was people in place that could have stopped that that didn't. I think that's a bigger problem than me watching his movies, yeah. right? And that's where. Some might call it hypocritical, but that's where I don't, I don't, I'm not into burning media. I'm not into burning. Hitler did that. 
you know, communist China does that (laughs) and we're not going to get political, but that's as political as we're getting, you know, society that wants to control you does that. Right. Yeah. So I'm just not a fan of society controlling anyone. Right. Yeah. But I do think there is a space to be ethical and to understand, like, I don't watch every single movie that comes out based on, but I mean, I watch Midsummer, which has a graphic long sex scene in it, which has, you know what I mean? I don't recommend it to people, even though I love the movie. (laughs) Or I recommend it knowing that that person's probably going to judge me for liking the movie, right? Based on what's in it. But but I also don't watch things very literally either. Like, I yeah. don't... Or I don't read things. Yeah. But that's, that's a creative side of me, right? Yeah. So, so I, I'm not a fan of council culture. I mm-hmm. think we should separate the art from the artist most of the time. But I don't think we should blanket it either. I think we need to look at specific cases yeah. and say... And if you don't want to watch Harvey Weinstein's yeah. production stuff i think that's very valid i think i'm right? a healthy balance of canceling yeah, I, <laughs> I think that's and if you don't want to interact with paintings of new children i think that's very valid yeah. right i don't think that's you know and i i personally am not i don't mind the galleries taking those paintings down either right because i think that's a little weird and it doesn't fit into our context uh maybe put them in a vault somewhere i don't know yeah. but well i think like i think the biggest like thing to think about when deciding like what like how you feel about those things is in reality like how many other things are out there that could eat like easily replace it or like yeah. how like how truly valuable is this to the society okay. or like viewers that it needs to like stay there yeah. where other people who are maybe not as developed or something are coming into the works where it's like but we need this person it's like well do you and that's important like, that's an important yeah. You, we need to be asking that, yeah. right? Does and this actually bring life to the culture? Is this representative yeah. of, our, of our culture anymore, yeah. right? And there's a lot of film that I would disagree yeah. falls in that category, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so tying this all together, do you find, you know, this podcast is called Enrich Life, right? So, you know, I think you would say art and creativity brings enrichment to one's life, right? Yeah, definitely. And do you think that everyone should practice creativity? Yeah, 100%. Okay. I think that, yeah, practicing creativity isn't you sitting or, like, planning a paint night with the girls or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's not, that's not, like, the only outlet for you. Okay. Like, um, I think even things like discussing movies for example i know how much you love doing it like that is an expression of creativity or like thoughtfulness or even people who don't want to reach into that part of their mind and like express it there's so much like art even out there that is simply just experimental or about what you're doing like a famous artist is jackson pollock um who i've heard of yeah Yeah. he's done like the splatter paint but he's done it like where the canvas is on the ground and you just splatter it and it's that's art that's not gonna tell you a story it's not gonna make you feel empathy for them or whatever it's just simply getting whatever's inside of you out or like being like i think it looks pretty yeah i think his art actually looks really some people try to (laughs) some people try to interpret it but i think it's absolutely just the the almost like like popcorn art in a way or like i don't know what what popcorn art is or like i don't like you know, you have like a popcorn blockbuster movie that just makes you feel good, right? And it's like yeah. not really interacting with yeah. crazy major themes or anything like yeah. that. It's just... I also think that art doesn't have to make you feel good or like... like Oh, 100%. Uh, or art isn't, yeah. isn't always beautiful to be yeah. art. But yeah, like... Uh, but I do think there is art forms that are designed yeah. to be escapist in that way, right? Yeah. 
that's then there's the art purpose of aesthetics. Well, and then there's <laughs> art that's designed to let you escape into something that is yeah. horrific, right? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I think anything that you're doing that's like uh, an expression or like stepping outside of yourself or like your everyday routine, if you're not like um, if you're not interested in painting or sculpture or anything, yeah. like just stepping out of that routine and like talking to somebody about something that you saw because I think art is everywhere and like at the beginning saying like memes for example yeah like talking about a certain meme I think like I would I would consider memes art um (laughs) I don't necessarily say that it's good art or that I would compare it to like I would compare it to some of my favorite artists but um even things like that like you're expressing something you're getting a message across that or like maybe you're not maybe it's just like an image of somebody like my favorite one is that why are you always lying guy he's like singing yeah yeah and then it just says freeze for him <laughs> i love that so, <laughs> so i actually miss i miss salt bay too i love salt bay uh, oh man there's better salt bays out there who uh are there yeah <laughs> he's not the only one. <laughs> oh my um. goodness so i yeah like art is meant to let us experience our innermost feelings right whether it's happy feelings or whether it's tension or whether it's the absence of feeling feelings absence of feeling (laughs) or like or like for me i love midsummer because it actually let me it reminded me of why i actually am a christian Mm -hmm. in a weird way like it reminded and it also reminded me of the power of movement and how scary it can get and how easy it is to control people yeah. I, I like I watch that movie and that's what I get from it. So for me, art definitely interacts with my faith mm-hmm. and it challenges my faith and it pushes me to the brink. And that's why I like watching stuff and I like reading stuff that isn't flowery. I like watching and reading stuff that's really dark, mm-hmm. which the Bible's full of. That's mm-hmm. why I love the Bible because I find it to be really honest. That's why a lot of Christian media I don't love because I find it to be very dishonest because mm-hmm. it doesn't really it wants to be safe and it doesn't have swearing and it doesn't, it just doesn't feel like real life. It doesn't feel textured. Right. Mm-hmm. So I like art that feels honest and textured and, and for me, that's what brings enrichment and that's what brings. And for me, when I think about what to do next in my story or I think of like, it's almost like a cathartic process and outlet that lets me even get out some of my dark stuff within me. Right. Yeah. Where you can write something that's a little more tense and, you don't have to like do it, you know, you don't have to live it out, but you kind of live it out in, in your art form. Mm-hmm. So quickly, what are some just outlets in the city of Regina? Um, well, for art. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could go to any of the art galleries in Regina. There's many. It's not just the Mackenzie. So Mackenzie um, Art Gallery. Yeah, Mackenzie yeah. Art Gallery is a great one. Um, there's Neutral Ground Artisan Center, which is downtown. Okay. There's the Art Gallery of Regina. Um, Neil Bockle Center also they do lessons if you want like fine arts like studying but um, online or on Instagram there's all of these um, evenings like open mic nights at okay. the here on Monday nights um, things like that just to get you out with people who are stepping outside of their comfort zones um, or um, Creative City Center is a great place um, it's downtown you could look at like festivals, like the folk festival, yeah. getting involved in things like yeah. that. Awesome. Um, I'm always 
um, also a tool you can use as like wanting to go to the art gallery with somebody. Cool. I will go with a stranger and okay. I will talk about it. Or... And you post on your Facebook, you post like events Often. and stuff. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm here now. Like yeah. my life last few months have been, has been a little crazy. So yeah. I do want to start trying to go to one or two of these events yeah. and just see what they're, what they're like. Yeah. And like, I haven't experienced art and an art gallery like that in a long time. Mm. And I do like it. Yeah. So awesome. Um, yeah, one little one little tidbit is that if you've never gone to a movie by yourself, you need to go. And if you're nervous about going to a movie by yourself at the Galaxy, you need to go to the <laughs> the Regina Public Library Theater. Regina Public Library Theater. <laughs> They've got their okay. independent films. I do like going to movies by myself. Yeah, yeah it's very interesting. It's so. very interesting feeling, yeah. and you'll love yourself more. <laughs> like I went and saw The Lighthouse alone because yeah. no one wants. I went and saw yeah. Midsummer alone, which yeah. is interesting. <laughs> And I went and saw, like, I, because I, I don't invite people to these movies with me because I know they're filled with stuff that people won't like. So. And you don't want to know that you experienced <laughs> it with them either. Yeah, well, exactly, right? Especially, especially a movie like Midsummer where you're just, like, it's so intense and... Too vulnerable. Vulnerable and graphic, right? Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on, Holly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and please, if you have any questions, you can go to enrichregina.com and you can just email us right from our homepage there. We would love to interact with some emails. We still haven't gotten any. So if you have any emails, any questions you want to send us, please uh, send them in. And if you want to hear more discussion on anything we talked about today, please let us know. Uh, but we hope to have Holly on again mm -hmm. soon to talk about other things because she has some great insights that don't match my insights. So <laughs> I like it when there's differences and I like that we can talk and discuss and yeah. we live in a place where we can do that. So, and uh, yeah, and Holly, I'm just going to give it to you if you want to plug anything, <laughs> social media or anything, go ahead. Sure, you can follow me on Instagram if you want. It's Holly Obajan. Um, figure it out. Um, <laughs> but um, You can find her name like on our episodes for yeah. spelling and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Just like being truly honest that I am here for you if you ever want to do anything art related. Awesome. I share things all the time. So maybe we'll do yeah. an art event for Enrich. So we'll make yeah. it an event at the school. I would love to do that. Please so. pay me. I it's not out of the question. <laughs> well, it sounds good. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. See you.